looking for a date, what are some of the ways that you can find a date? Someone to go out with. Well, we discuss that today on Adulting. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Hello and welcome to Adulting. I am Miranda Marquette and today I am here with Harlan Landis as always. How are you doing today, Harlan? I'm doing good. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing okay. I'm excited about this because, as you know, I have been in the dating pool for a few months now. (laughs) Yay! So we're going to talk about, you know, finding a date. How's that working for you so far? It's been fine. It's been great. I actually have a lot of dates. I've been out with a lot of different people. I've met some interesting people. Uh, It's been going really well, and it's kind of fun. (laughs) I know people like talk about how much they hate dating, but... Maybe it's because of my situation, my limited experience before I got married and how young I was when I got married. I was a little bit afraid of this whole dating thing when I first dipped my toe into it earlier this year. But now uh, I'm kind of having fun with it. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, it sounds like the single life is suiting you well. Yeah, it really kind of is. And it turns out that dating... Maybe a little less complex than we thought. Maybe that your significant other is just waiting for you right there, but you might be looking in the wrong place. So where where's a good place to look? Well, so Google Consumer Surveys <laughs> did a thing and they said that most people meet their significant others through friends. Okay. I wasn't surprised by this, but it seems like it is surprising to others. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the the results were done in this Mike.com article. And some people were kind of surprised by the fact that they met through friends in common. And we all hate the idea. And I know this doesn't necessarily say that's a setup, but we all hate the idea of a setup. But it turns out that maybe the people you know can actually hook you up with somebody to date. Uh, So it's just kind kind of the way to go, maybe. Or hanging out in groups more. I'm not sure. But for me, this was surprising because most of the people in my social circle growing up met their significant other either in high school or they met at church at college, like in their church congregation when they went to college. And I don't know whether that's just, you know, my cultural bubble that I grew up in, but yeah, it it was kind of a different way. And basically, if you hadn't been married by the time you got out of college, people pretty much said it's like, it's over for you. (laughs) You're going to have to go. They have singles congregations, right? In the religion I grew up in, there are singles congregations. And I mean, specific congregations made up entirely of people who are single. And the whole point of going to those uh, congregations is to see if you can find someone to date and possibly marry. So a little bit of what you said is sort of unique to your situation, but there is a lot that I think is common throughout the country. When I was younger, there was some pressure to socialize within my religion as well, or at least the opportunities were made available and were encouraged. 
but there wasn't a lot there wasn't a ton of pressure it wasn't certainly what what you would describe through your experiences but at the same time i think high school and college these are good opportunities for us to meet people and figure out who we connect with and who we are most compatible with and i think college more than high school you know we're still well, we're still learning about ourselves throughout all of that, but we have a little bit more of a self-identity by the time we get to college and uh, have have a little bit more freedom. For those of us uh, who, who attend college, and, and not everybody attends college, of course, and so there are other opportunities elsewhere, like at work, but I think it's that age... Um, you know, 18 to 25 or so, where we do start to have this identity of ourselves and we figure out who it is that we would like to date other than just kind of people we know, people who are close to us in high school, people who are within our social circles. And we, we kind of figure things out and, and adapt a little bit. And so that's why when I when we first decided we were going to talk about this topic, I was thinking a lot about how people meet significant others in college. I know I did, um, and uh, that was a relationship I stayed with for a long time, so that's more than just dating. But I look at what's going on now, and I see that for the most part, there has been a trend where people are more interested in dating than creating relationships, especially at that age. Yeah, and I think that that actually might be a little healthy, Uh, the idea of dating a little bit, getting to know different people seeing what you like, what you don't like, what works well with you, seeing what you're compatible with, and seeing what kind of person, what kind of partner you might be. Part of the whole dating experiment uh, for me has so far been, you know, what kind of person am I? And and not just looking at, okay, is this person a good fit for me? But also looking at the other person and saying, okay, wait a minute, based on this person's stated expectations and and what they think they're looking for. Do I even fit that? Am I even going to be good for this person? Because this is something that's actually come up with me in a couple different people I've kind of gone out with a little bit is I've looked at it and said, okay, wait a minute, this person expects X, Y, and Z from a relationship. And I don't know that I personally can be what that person wants. And so I think that part of this whole dating thing, too, is you've got to be able to say, okay, am I going to work for this other person? It, it can't just be about you, but it, you know, well, I guess it kind of is, but you got to do the whole social soul searching for yourself and figure out, well, what kind of partner am I? Or what kind of potential partner am I? What kind of date am I? And look at that, too. Yeah, and I think the beauty of dating today, dating encompasses a lot of different things. Uh, we're talking about you know, this could be hooking up, this could be casual dating, this could be um, just talking to someone. Uh, There's a lot of different things, a lot of different ways people get together now. You know, some of this does not have to involve a lot of soul searching. Some of it can be, and it can be healthy if it's handled properly, you know, more on a hookup type of basis. And that is fine. That could be what you're looking for right now. And as long as both parties kind of understand that's what's going on, then you don't have to worry so much about, is this, you know, the right person for me for the long term, because you're satisfying a different type of desire. And dating encompasses all of this. It's a pretty, pretty wide spectrum So you have to kind of place yourself within that spectrum or place that moment within the spectrum even and and figure out whether this is something that you are going to be aligned with. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point too, that you've got to figure out your own goals and, and why are you going into this dating thing and why you're you know putting yourself out there. Yeah, so what are some of the places that you have discovered? Since, since you're the one of us who is dating, or at least dating, you know, ha- has the option to date a variety of people, how are you finding people? Some of the interesting places I've met people recently, I actually met one person on a TV set because we were going on together for a segment back in May. So this and, isn't typical, just to say. No. This is this is Miranda only, pretty much. So <laughs> that's right. You're not. <laughs> yeah, but that was kind of interesting because we were both being pundits on this show. And as we were leaving, he's he's like, "Hey, don't you want my phone number?" I was like, "Why not?" It was great. And he's super fun to talk to. And we have a good time. And sometimes we meet up for a meal or just to talk. And it's, you know, probably not something that's going to go somewhere. But it's definitely something that I'm glad happened because he's an interesting person. And so so there's that Um, political gatherings. I've met a couple people that I've been out with a couple times, just through my political work here in town. And then I've met people online. There's a great review of OkCupid. Okay Go read it right there on adulting.tv. But yeah, so I've met some people online and I haven't, I have yet to meet someone at the bar because I haven't made that effort. But I do have, you know, I'm like, I would like to walk in, sit down at the bar and see if anybody hits on me just, <laughs> just to have the experience because I've never had that experience. But I think one of the interesting things that I have noticed when I do these political gatherings or whatever is because I am in a state where my political affiliation is in the minority. I'm not sure, you know, how much of this is desperation on the part of these guys that are asking me out because there's a very limited pool here of people Mm -hmm. who like fit my political philosophy and my education level and my age, just because of the area we're in. Most of the people who are my age are already married And so, and there seem to be, and I don't know, I mean, this is just anecdotal. I don't have any stats to back it up. But when I go to these political gatherings, there seem to be more men between the ages of 25 and 40 than there are women, which supply and demand, right? (laughs) So, so I'm not sure like whether these guys are actually interested in me or whether it's just, uh, you know, the workings of uh, desperation and I'm what's there. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, a lot of that has to do with how confident you feel about yourself, and uh, you don't have to get into that. But well, we all know that I've got a high opinion of myself. So, <laughs> so it sounds like all you single ladies looking for a date can probably be pretty successful out there in Idaho somewhere, depending on what you're aiming for. Just a date. Just a date. Yes, probably. But yeah, so where are some other places though that you think that makes sense to meet people? Where have you tried in the past? Well, I've got to say that, you know, for a while, I spent all of my time working <laughs> various various different ways, types of work. Sometimes it was volunteer work, and other times it was work for my job, and other times it's the business and, you know, go on conferences for work. And that is where I tend to meet people the most. Uh, I you know, I've been involved in all of these different types of things that get me out there and doing interesting activities. But like I said, mostly work stuff. Besides friends of friends, like we've already talked about, meeting people through the activities that I'm involved in has been the biggest 
thing for me. And of course, I don't have too much experience in this. You know, most of my dating experience has turned into relationships that have lasted a long time, just a series of long-term relationships with perhaps only a little bit of dating in between, but usually things just progress quicker then and things move to the next level and and then I'm in a relationship. So that's 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 how it's worked for me, but I think still meeting people through work or through related activities that you do, you know, the, the things that you spend the most time doing are the opportunities you have to meet people. Now, I wouldn't suggest that we start dating too often people that we have to deal with on a daily basis, and certainly you probably want to be wary of issues of dating someone you supervise or your supervisor. These things could lead to trouble down the road. But it's it's not in those instances where you have the best opportunities for dating, for meeting someone through your activities and then dating that person. It's, it's those ancillary people, people who are a couple of de- degrees away that you might meet at an office retreat someone you don't see every day, or a conference, like I said earlier, where it's not someone you work with every day, but it's someone for whom you have an attraction and you see something that could work out on a dating level. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I like this idea of meeting people through things that you do and spend a lot of time with. One of the things I have enjoyed about the politics here in the area is that Uh, I do meet people who kind of have the same values as I have, the same outlook on life that I have, and and the same passion for local politics that I have. Because, you know, I've been with people in the past who do not have the same passion for politics or causes that I have, and it makes things a little bit difficult. And so working with you know, being with somebody or being around somebody who understands that, who gets that can be very helpful. And so I like your idea of, well, where do you spend a lot of time? And and I think this works too, is like, like church is a great example as well. I mean, somebody who's like, if you want to do ministry together or, you know, you, you know, you're going to have this common faith in God to help you these things that you have in common. Um, if you meet somebody while you're running at the park, right? If you see somebody that, you know, you're jogging in the park or you're walking your dog at the park or whatever, and you run into them regularly because you guys both go to the park, you know, maybe you start striking up a conversation based on the things that you're doing at the park. So I like this idea of, you know, look around, widen your view and and look around to see who's, you know, in these areas where you spend a lot of time. Yeah. And I think that like you're saying, having that common bond is very helpful, especially if you do want to take that dating to a more committed level. Uh, But again, dating is dating and it doesn't have to be super intellectual. You don't have to give it as much thought or as much consideration as, you know, moving to the next level where you want to see if you want to, you know, you want to build a relationship with someone or something over the long term or figure out whether there's potential or not. Now, a lot of that starts with dating, but if you're looking to just date, then a lot of that is just who's around, who's available and who's willing, uh, you know, there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think we, we look to try to find, you know, these deeper connections with people and what's, what's on a deeper level. And that's wonderful. And that's great to do. Uh, 
but you don't you don't have to. I mean, that's that's not required for dating. Um, it's 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 totally up to you and up to your partner how you want to take things, how serious you want to make it. And I, I think it's just important to remember that you know there is a difference between dating and building something over the long term, although one will sometimes lead to the other. Yeah, that's a really good point. And we were talking about reasons a little bit earlier and talking about, you know, how do you connect with somebody? How are you doing things that you can both do together? And I think part of that is saying, okay, do these folks make sense in your life? Are you just dating and glomming onto somebody because you're desperate, you're lonely, you feel like you need need somebody? Or are you, you know, what are you trying to accomplish here? And what are you looking for if you're ready to take it to the next level? And you do need to be careful or because sometimes we let our feelings, our, our fear of loneliness or our fears that we'll never find true love or whatever they are desperately lead us into a situation that may not work out, not just for us, but even for the other person. Yeah. So once you're out with people and, and perhaps looking or just in a social situation, what do you do in order to perhaps look around and see if there's anybody who you might be interested on more than just a friendly level. Yeah. So a lot of the time it starts with just striking up a conversation. I'm on the introverted side of the scale. So this is something that is a little bit difficult for me to do, but I've been working on getting out there a little bit more and saying, okay, let's ask some questions. Let's see where we have common ground and start there. And when you do meet somebody in a position where you're doing an activity that you do a lot of or that you see somebody who, or you guys, you know, you're there because you have a common interest, whether it's meeting somebody at the quilting guild or whether it's somebody, you know, you see at church or a conference or, or a political gathering or in a club it's at college, whatever it is, you're there because you have something in common already. And so that's a good place to start. It's a good place to start a conversation. Yeah. I think right, yeah. just going up to someone and saying hi is probably all you need to do. And don't be afraid to be rebuffed or rejected even. Even just saying hi. I think I think it's good practice to just put yourself out there. Uh, and like you, I'm also introverted. So this isn't a comfort area for me. But I can work myself up and I, I can speak to strangers. I really have no problem speaking to strangers. But it's it's often a desire type of thing. Sometimes I just, uh, you know, I'm in a situation where I would rather not do that. But if I am in a situation where I'm perhaps, you know, perhaps I'm looking for something, then, you know, perhaps I'd be a little bit more outgoing than usual. And, uh, and I think it's important if you are ready to do that to introduce yourself to people and move forward and just don't be scared of what could possibly happen. And a good way to build yourself this, you know, this thick skin, allowing yourself to do this without fear that it's going to backfire is just to do it and do it more and not to think about it. One thing that I like doing is just, now a lot of people do take this to the extreme, but what I'm going to say is just kind of pretend you're the type of person who goes out and does this. And if you can just pretend you're, you're playing this role, you go out there and you're acting, you, you know, for me, it would be, okay, I'm, I'm acting the role of the outgoing Harlan for this half hour or whatever it happens to be. And I'll go out there and I'll do that. And it's not that I'm pretending to be someone else or that I'm not being myself. I'm just 
focusing in on that aspect of myself that allows me to go out there and talk to somebody and introduce myself and be a little outgoing. And it works. And I think another key in these kinds of situations is to remember that it's probably not personal. Uh, A lot of the time, we take these situations to heart, we internalize them a lot. And a lot of the time, it's not personal. And one of the things that I guess has always been a part of me, well, I don't know if always, but for a long time, since at least I know high school, I've had this sort of idea of, you know, if if people like me, that's great. If they don't, it's okay. Because you're not going to like everybody. Sometimes people just rub each other the wrong way. Part of that is stepping outside and say, okay, it's not personal. I don't need to make them like me. Uh, My worth isn't determined by how much someone likes me or even if they connect with me in this situation. And that's hard to do. It really is. But it's something that does need to be done when you're here because you know, when I go sit at the bar and I, if I decide I'm going to approach somebody, you know, what if I decide I want to approach somebody and they kind of don't seem interested, I can't take that personally and decide that that's, you know, there's something wrong with me. Uh, It just means that in that situation, things didn't click and it's okay. At some point there'll be a situation where there is somebody who kind of clicks for at least a date for at least an evening. Yeah. And you don't, know what's going on in someone's mind. They could be completely preoccupied with something tragic that happened in their own life, which is going to close them off, even in a public situation, it's going to close them off to accepting whatever it is that you're offering. This this kindness, this openness, when you go up to somebody and offer them something, a lot of the time, you, you just don't understand if they're closed off, why they're closed off. And you have to just go forward believing that it's not something about you and try again some other time. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest risk you run into in these situations is getting to the point where you take it so personally that you give up trying. Right. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, you, you talk to people who date a lot and there's a science to this and they look at it as a numbers game, which is kind of unsociable, I guess is a kind word for it, but it is a numbers game where, especially if you're just trying to, you know, make yourself be more of an outgoing person, it just comes down to repeating the process, the process of going up to people and talking to them over and over again until you get it kind of more of a hang for a hang of it and you kind of understand what people are looking to hear and uh, you're more comfortable with yourself speaking to other people and meeting people and you know not being sleazy about it not trying to trick them into dating you but just being friendly and seeing where things go. Yeah and and that's the other thing you need to keep in mind if you're going to start doing the dating and trying to do the numbers game is that not everything has to turn into like a potential, a potential romance. Sometimes you just find somebody you really enjoy talking to and spending time with. And that's something that I found with two of the people that I've been out with in recent months is that, you know, it didn't go anywhere romantically and we're not interested in each other romantically, but we had great conversation And now occasionally we get to hang out sometimes and do things together. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with um, having a date turn into a friendship. Yeah, the the date culture thing is really scary sometimes because there's this, first of all, a lot of of it is about keeping score. And that's a horrible way to 
view interactions with people. And I would not go in that direction. And then there's this whole idea of, you know, being a nice guy and then putting into the friend zone and how horrible that is. And then all this effort that you spent trying to get to know somebody was suddenly a waste of time. And I'd rather count friends anyway. I I like having friends and that's fine. You know, I don't need to have sex with every, every woman I meet. I, I, that's not what I'm aiming for. I just like to make connections with people, whether it leads to dating, that's great. And if it doesn't, Hey, you know, I had a great conversation and it was, it was worth my time. And I would, you know, would like to continue to have conversations in the future. And I think that's a good point. I I like this idea of connections that you bring up because that's what's more important to me as well. These connections that you have. And I have been fortunate throughout my life to this point that I have a lot of, um, I, I mean, I have been working on building more connections with, you know, women because I could probably use some lady friends, but I've been fortunate going through that. A lot of my male friends haven't felt like, you know, felt like, oh, well, no, I'm being friend zoned. The world is ending. I have a lot of male friends that I enjoy conversation with, that I enjoy the connection that we have and that there's no need for any sort of, you know, romance or sex or anything, which is great. And I haven't had the experience yet of running into somebody. I'm still friends with all of my exes, including that guy that asked me for a divorce, Right. <laughs> so, so I have That's just interesting to me because I am friends with none of my exes. I don't know what I would do in a situation where I, you know, because that connection to me, that friendship, that base of friendship is more important than what comes next. And I'm able to say, okay, I can, I can move beyond this hurt or the, uh, crashing and burning of the relationship and remember the good connection we had and the friendship that we had. I don't know. I mean, who knows in the next few months we might, I might run into somebody who can't handle that sort of uh, friendship situation. I don't know. It'll, I'm, it's going to be interesting and hopefully not painful for lots of people. We'll see. So if you're not having success in dating, maybe you need to widen your pool a little bit. You don't seem to have a problem in Idaho because it sounds like there is quite a large pool of potential dates for you. But perhaps some of the men in Idaho where you live need to widen their pool. I don't know. What are some of the things that we can do to widen the pool, you think, if we're not having success, if if that's even the reason that we're not having success? One of the things to start out with is the internet. I know that sometimes online dating gets a bad rap and we kind of poo-poo it a little bit, but the internet does help us find people that we might not see otherwise, just because it widens that net and it brings you outside of that circle that you normally find yourself in. So the internet, an online dating app can be useful to some degree. And even just signing up for like a meetup, you know, meetup.com where it's not a dating app, but like there's a group near where I live, they meet up to play board games. And so like they're board game players. And so that might be kind of a place, you know, use the internet, use that. It's going to go and meet some new people. I don't think we've actually talked about this on the podcast, but you did write the article about your experiences with OkCupid. You had a date. You actually went on a date or talked to somebody from OkCupid. Yeah, I went on two dates from OkCupid. What happened there? 
uh, they were both very interesting. One of them was in an open relationship. And so that was just interesting from a standpoint of uh, getting that perspective and, you know, seeing how things worked there. And the other one was a super interesting person, but, you know, he had, he had four kids and I'm just not interested in raising more children. And in terms of, you know, forget the long-term aspect and whether that you're going to have a relationship with these people, how were the dates themselves? Were they worthwhile? Yes, definitely. They were both very worthwhile, even though, you know, even beyond a sociology experiment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they were interesting to talk to. And I had a very enjoyable two hours with each of them. And it was great. To me, just that company, even if we didn't create this like lasting connection, just the company and the two hours of good conversation and interesting conversation that I might not have had or been or had access to in the regular course of my everyday life, that makes it worth it to me. And getting a new perspective and listening to somebody who does something differently than I do with my life is always interesting to me. So just from that standpoint of broadening my horizons and learning new things, definitely worth it. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good. And I know you're going to try other dating sites as well, or you have. Plenty of fish is up next. I need to (laughs) get through the craziness that has been my life lately and plenty of fish it is. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Yeah, I I haven't done that, but I'm open to trying new experiences. Um, I think, uh, you know, I will get involved in another activity. And although I haven't had the opportunity to date because I've been in relationships, I can see where the opportunities were probably there if it was something I was looking for. But again, it's not because I've been in relationships for my entire adult life. Yeah. And I think another thing to consider when you say, oh, there's not enough people, my dating pool is limited. Think about why are you ruling people out? Uh, Are you doing it for negligible, for petty reasons? Are your standards reasonable? Yeah. I think if we're talking just about dating, I mean, there isn't, there isn't necessarily a long-term commitment uh, unless that's something that you want to build off of it afterwards. If we're talking about just hooking up, then why is it that we have to have the same standards for marriage that we have for someone that we you know might see once or twice again? I think I think it's fine. I think we shouldn't worry about this too much and perhaps one of the reasons we're having trouble if we're just looking to date is because we are waiting for that perfect person and you don't necessarily need to do that because the person who ends up being perfect for you. And we've talked about this a little bit before is the person who ends up being perfect for you might not be apparent immediately. And it's something that you can build afterwards. uh, Once you meet someone who at least satisfies one or two things that you're looking for. And that one or two thing could be availability and interest. So, (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's a good point because we did talk about this in a previous episode about how we don't necessarily find our soulmates. We become soulmates with somebody else. And it's something that you become. And you can surprise yourself. I mean, your your soulmate might be someone you never anticipated uh, being. Uh, They might have a totally different outlook on life that you weren't looking for, but you have uh, grown to accept and be really interested in. And uh, that's that's fine. And you're not going to know this unless you let your guard down a little bit and allow yourself to have new experiences with people that you wouldn't necessarily want to 
immediately know that you're spending the rest of your life with. So open up a little bit and drop some of these, uh, you know, these tight requirements that you have and, and see, see what happens. Yeah. And I think that's a hard thing because sometimes as humans, we like to make a checklist and we like to compare people to our internal checklist. And that is not the way to go about making new connections. Yeah. No, I mean, you can't, you can't predict and you can't prescribe, uh, how these things happen. Um, you know, before I was doing all of these long-term relationships, I mean, I was back in high school, but, um, but yeah, I mean, just, just getting to know people and enjoying talking to people and meeting new people and experiencing things for the first time with different people. I mean, these, these are all good things to do and all worthwhile and you don't have to immediately get into a long-term relationship, um, and, uh, expect that. So, you know, open up, have some fun. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the things that you can do now as you get out there to find somebody to date. What are some of the things that you can do right now? Well, I think the first one is to get out of the house and do something different, something that you haven't done before, especially if what you're doing isn't necessarily working for you or you haven't figured out exactly, you know, what the what the right technique is to, to meet somebody. I think if you get out and just do get involved in a different activity, go to a different place, go to a different restaurant, a different bar, a different, uh, gym. There are so many different things that you can do just to get yourself in front of people who you haven't seen yet and just get out there. Yeah. And I think another thing to do is take a second look at someone you might have rejected as a possibility. Now, I'm not saying that just because you've rejected, maybe there's a good reason you rejected them, but go back through that list of people that you said, oh, I would never, or I'm not interested. Take a second look and maybe say, okay, maybe this is worth, you know, a date or two. Maybe this is worth dinner and a movie. Maybe this is worth a walk in the park. Um, And just take that second look and see if maybe uh, you're missing something. Yeah. And along with that, just don't wait for someone else to make the first move. I don't care if you're the man, the woman, or any other, any other gender, just make the first move yourself. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, I think it's important to just make your intentions known and, and try to try to communicate what it is that you want. And I think that helps a lot. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it goes back to the beginning of this article, you know, most people meet their significant other through their friends. So <laughs> let your friends know you're looking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Get the word out. Yeah. You know, we talk about that with the job search, right? When you're job searching, you're like, let your network know. Well, when you're dating, let your network know. Yeah, and ask ask for recommendations, right? Just like you would for a job. Ask, say, listen, do you know anybody who is available to just go out? And you know, again, it doesn't have to be the perfect match. It just be someone who is available on a Friday night. That could be all that you need. So just ask, just ask. Yes, I like that. So we do have a listener question: How do you know if your date is worth keeping? Well, we talked a lot about how, you know, how we don't need to 
date someone who's our perfect match, right? We can use dating or hooking up or talking to explore different people and perhaps move on to the next level if that's something that you want to do. So you have this wider pool of people that are potential dating partners, and then you can narrow that down based on the things that you and your dating partner agree are important. If you have a strong connection, then it's worth looking to see if maybe you can build it into something. You know, I don't think there's any kind of trick to this. I don't think there's any kind of rule book or guideline. But again, through a few interactions with somebody on a one-on-one level, you know, face-to-face, I think you will start to see if there's a potential for something else. And a lot of the time, what you're going to find is one person in the couple thinks that there's a potential and the other person isn't as interested as the first person. So you have to accept that and move on if that's the right approach, or you have to figure out exactly how you can compromise, or you can just go your separate ways and find something else. Yeah. And I think part of the equation of keeping goes back to something we mentioned a little earlier, which is talking about connections. And maybe you want to go out a couple more times and see if there's some romance there. Uh, Maybe you want to go out a little bit and see if, okay, maybe there's there's some sort of a buddy here that maybe we can travel or maybe we can do this one activity together. Or maybe you just find that you're good friends and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, you know, going out with a date and then saying, oh, this is very interesting and we make good friends. There's not that clicking. There's not that spark yet, but, you know, we're friends and that's great. So I think that part of that deciding whether or not they're worth keep worth, <laughs> I hate that. That's kind of <laughs> awful because you're just like, are you a worthwhile person? Well, everybody's a worthwhile person. Eh, well, anyway, but, but yeah, I mean, consider that too, is maybe you have found a friend. You know, I mean, I found somebody recently who we could watch Luke Cage together. Nobody else wants to watch Luke Cage with me, but this guy will watch Luke Cage with me. We're not going to be romantically involved, but we enjoy watching Luke Cage together. And that's cool. I like Luke Cage. I would have watched that with you. Just saying. Well, yes, but you're not here. You're like 2000 miles away. That's true. (laughs) No, I think uh, this is fantastic. There are many ways you can keep the relationship going. It doesn't have to be romantic going forward. It can be a friendship. Adding people into your life is a is a blessing in some ways, not to sound religious, but adding people into your life, is uh, it adds to the quality of your life, especially when they are good people. If you meet good people through dating, hold on to them regardless of what type of romantic level uh, that you, you know what, what type of relationship you have with them. I think it's important to fill your life with good people and going out and meeting new people helps you fill your life in that way. Yeah, that's a really good point. And make sure you join us over in the adulting community on Facebook and share your thoughts on the subject. What do you do to go out and meet people? And have you had any success with some of these different places to meet someone to date? And subscribe to us at adulting.tv slash iTunes. That's where you'll get podcasts of adulting with me and Miranda in your phone all the time, once a week, perhaps. And uh, visit us at adulting.tv and ask us a question right there. We'll be sure to answer it in a podcast or in an article. We've got tons of articles. We've got more podcasts coming. So thank you so much. And we will talk to you next week.
for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Thank you.